Welcome to the Healthy Perspective Podcast with your host, chiropractor, entrepreneur, mentor, and author, Dr. Chris Bowman. He'll break down and extract the secret sauce behind his own success and the success of some of the top leaders in every category and from around the world. Get ready for your weekly mental adjustment because shift is going to happen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Perspective podcast. Today, we have Miss Gina with us. She is a true Renaissance woman, author, speaker, professor, architect, designer, wife, mother, and adoption advocate. She's a founder and CEO of a new nonprofit called Trauma Drama University, which provides education, support, and resources to parents raising children who suffered early life trauma. And unfortunately, I can only see a bigger and bigger need for this as the last couple of years have been more trauma, more fear than any point, you know, in history um, as, as, you know, people as a, um, I don't know, a, a people as, as a corporate, you know, globally, not just a, you know, genocide in one area, but corporately, we've all had this massive fear come on us. And as a healthcare practitioner, I see it. I see kids that are struggling with symptoms of anxiety and depression way earlier than I've ever seen it before. Um, so I'm super happy that there's people like Gina stepping up to the plate to say, hey, we got to do something about this. If at a, at a minimum, let's raise awareness. Um, so Gina, thank you so much for joining us. Um, why don't you kind of start out with, um, you know, your journey into uh, this this kind of niche? I know you have a whole bunch of things, you know, that you do, but this seems to be your, your number one passion, at least right now. Um, why don't you kind of give us in, you know, get us in on the ground floor? Okay, so my husband and I adopted our two boys from Guatemala. My first one was super easy, and we thought for sure it's our stellar parenting. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then the uh, we decided to go back for another one, and things could not have been more different from wow. day one. Like even meeting his foster mom, the uh, foster family for my first son, we're still in touch with them. They're still wow. friends of ours on Facebook, you know, like we still send messages back and mm -hmm. forth and he's still really excited to see what my son's doing, the, the birth or the foster dad. Uh, my second son, the foster mom, we, we got a bad feeling about her from the beginning, mm. but you know, as adoptive parents, I just kept thinking, oh, well, love conquers all right. We'll just take him home. Everything will be great. Yeah, but yeah. we strongly suspected that he was neglected. Mm. Um, I didn't know what to look for at that time, but now I know all the signs of neglect and, uh, he had them all. So mm. he didn't make eye contact with us. He didn't like follow us around the room when we were, you know, like vacuuming or whatever while he was in the playpen, um, or didn't follow us with his eyes. Mm -hmm. He did. He couldn't play by himself. He, um, he didn't like to be touched. So if we tried to snuggle with him, he would arch his back wow. and try to get away because we now know that, that's a sign of neglect. He wasn't used to being touched. And uh, that's still something we are trying to work on. He still mm. does not like being touched, giving him hugs. He's like, uh. <laughs> so uh, he has to be prepared for it now. Right. right. Um, but as he got older, it got more and more intense and more scary. And his, his anger grew, his violence came out as he wow. got to be about, I don't know, four or five. He wow. started you know, lashing out. Um, even at two, there was a day that we went to the airport and our airport's like 45 minutes away. We drove my mom to the airport and back. So that's an hour and a half. 
he started screaming at the very beginning because we heard his favorite song on the radio and then he wanted to hear it again. Mm. And I do not have magic powers to make that happen. So he screamed at the top of his lungs the entire ride to the airport. We dropped my mom off. She's like, good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I came all the way home. He was still screaming and I had to stop for gas. And I mm. made this horrid mistake. I said, I bet you don't even remember what you're complaining about because he had finally started to whimper, you know, and I was yeah. like, you don't even remember. Oh yeah. He started right over again for another hour. Wow. So it was intense and you yeah. know, you don't know what to do. And <clears throat> you know, all I read all the parenting books and they're all like, Oh, well do these timeouts and stuff. Well, timeouts actually are bad if right. a kid was neglected because yep. it brings up all those yep. feelings of neglect. So everything we were doing was wrong. And um, we didn't know that at the time, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> as he got older, then he started, you know, trashing his room, punching holes in the walls, throwing lamps uh, often at me. Mm. And um, he was eventually diagnosed with reactive attachment disorder, which is like the highest on the trauma scale. <laughs> um but I know, I know adopted parents who are dealing with, you know, not as much as I did, but somewhere still in that trauma scale. Mm-hmm. So we really need to come up with a whole different parenting strategy for kids that have trauma. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, coming from a, uh, as a, as a chiropractor, we live in a different healthcare paradigm. We don't just see symptoms and hope that under our care symptoms go away. And if they wear off, you know, then do it again, like take another pill or, you know, whatever it is like our goal right. is to get to the root cause. And so to do that, you have to look at the symptoms differently, you know, like mm-hmm. your previous thought of him throwing a lamp at you as he's lashing out in a behavior that shouldn't be expressed. Therefore you get punishment. Right. Versus now I'm sure you see as, Oh, this is a symptom of a deeper thing. Of something How wrong. Do, yes. Right. How do we address that instead of just trying to condition his his symptoms you know mm-hmm. um, I'm sure your your research and whatnot led you into understanding that a little bit of the neurology and the fight or flight and you know all of that stuff so how did you start um, changing up your parenting techniques because I'm sure this isn't just for parents that have adoptive kids I'm, I'm and I've met many kids that have anger issues behavior issues and whatnot that are that aren't adopted and so I think this would be super valuable for for parents like what was that kind of like light bulb moment that helped you kind of transition from symptom suppression to root cause, you know, approach in parenting? Um, You know, that took a while. We had so many misdiagnoses along the way. I mean, they immediately at three, they were like, oh, well, clearly he has ADD. Here's some medicine. And they gave us medicine that actually made his mood disorder much worse. So he would just get more and more angry. And you know, if you know anything about those psychotropic drugs, it takes like six weeks to build up in your system. And then you find out they're not working and then you have to wean off. So that's like a three month project. Yeah. <laughs> and during the school year, it's not a real good no. <laughs> project to have. Right. So, uh, so yeah, we went through probably like 13 different medications over the years. We were oh. misdiagnosed many times. Um, my, the transition moment really happened. Um, we started to look into reactive attachment disorder when he was 10. He had a, he had an intern at his therapist's office who used to take him like for little private sessions. They'd walk down to McDonald's or go to the park or, you know, hang out together. He didn't think it was therapy, but it was. 
And he's the one that said, you know, have you heard of reactive attachment disorder? And I said, I said, I haven't, but you know, tell me more about it. So he sent me all these articles. I was like, oh my God, this is it. And then two years later, you know, we knew what it was, but we still didn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, He had gotten into trouble at school. He was kicked out of his middle school. We had to find a new, more therapeutic school, which was a great solution. I wasn't happy at the time, but once I found the right school, we were, we were golden. Um, And then he had an issue when we first got to that school because he wasn't good at transitions, um, got himself uh, thrown into the back of a police car in handcuffs and taken out to the juvenile assessment center. Now I'm a mom who like barely gets a parking ticket. So (laughs) I have never been to the police before. Mm. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God. Like it was the most frightening thing in my life. And to think that like, Oh my God, this could be his future. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. And, um, they took him to this assessment center and they, they kept him for like six hours without me. I seriously thought that was the day I was going to lose both of my kids because one of the traits of reactive attachment disorder is that they're not always truthful (laughs) and, um, and they really, um, have the biggest issue with parents. Yeah. Um, because it's that attachment that they're so right. not used to and they're right. reacting negatively to it. Um, so a lot of our behaviors were in the home and a lot of times people didn't see it, but at that age, it started to creep into school and it started getting yeah. worse and it just, it was infecting his whole life. And at that assessment center, thank God he didn't lie. <laughs> he said, you know, and they came back and said, we think he has reactive attachment disorder. And I said, okay, no kidding. I now know that. Yeah. What am I supposed to do about it? And of course, they give me a list of therapists. Now, we have tried all kinds of therapy over the years, family therapy, uh, individual therapy, group therapy. We tried this in-home therapy, which is like the super nanny where they like follow you around the house and see how you interact with your kids. That's awkward. (laughs) And um, may as well start recording you and make a TV show, right? Yeah, no kidding. I didn't want to be on that show. <laughs> we were actually going to be guests on Dr. Phil. Oh, wow. And we got bumped for the lady that threw her kid in the shower. So I don't know if you ever watched that show. But <laughs> that's Jeez. That was supposed to be our episode. Wow. Um, I'm kind of glad we didn't go because, you know, the judgments uh, uh, once you do that are so yeah. bad. But we were that desperate that I would I just didn't care. I was like, I, I don't care. I'll do anything. So at this assessment center, we ran into a girl who gave us the name of a a world-renowned expert in reactive attachment disorder. Um, He happened to live like 45 minutes from us. So we went for a two-week family intensive therapy. And that was kind of our turning point. We learned Mm. about connected parenting. We learned about... um, We learned about our triggers. And I really never considered that. You know, I guess in the grand scheme of things, this is the hardest job you're ever going to do. There's no manual that comes with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and some of, you know, not everybody has the perfect example to follow. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, not all of, not all of our parents knew what they were doing. So none of us know what we're doing. You know, I I saw a meme on Facebook the other day. And it's like, I wish when you were young, you realized that your parents were growing just as much as you were. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, we found this therapist, we did this amazing therapy. That was a turning point. And I just remember right that same year, right before it happened, that was like the worst year we ever had. That was like Mm. our rock bottom. 
And he had like trashed his room, punched a hole in the wall, threw a lamp at me or something. And I was laying on the floor of my walk-in closet. That was like my one little space that go mm. <laughs> and mm. crying. And, um, and I said to like, God, universe, whoever's listening, anyone, if I can ever get to the other side of this, I promise I'll pay it forward. I'll, I'll help other parents. And that's exactly what we're doing now. So he, this is six years, almost seven years later, he's doing great. He's awesome. Uh, he, finished um his high school stuff cool. uh, he has a job uh, a, a full-time job cooking in a kitchen and he's intending to go to um trade school for recording arts awesome um just like his brother did and um they're both really into music and mm-hmm. um i'm i'm excited i think he's on the right path he's not violent at all anymore yeah. um you know we still deal with depression anxiety but mm-hmm. um most of us do i think yeah so we're working on that yeah well congratulations i mean that's that's huge you know i think that's huge for people out there that that are on that moment on their closet floor like is there hope is there what am i doing wrong because you you start to i imagine internalize you know it's all my fault what have i done and and you start to view yourself as a failure and thank god i had another kid who was well behaved because I, i if i had been a single mom i would have been like and that was my only kid, I would have been like, I, I am failing. Like, this is obviously yep. my fault. Yep. Um, thank God I had my husband help me out. And sure. we had a kid who was already behaving. So if people would say something like, oh, you're a terrible parent, I'd be like, okay, I can't be that terrible because one of them yeah. is. The- <laughs> yeah. Right. So what is Trauma Drama University about? Um, so Trauma Drama University is a um, online program for parents who are struggling. And these kind of trauma behaviors, they're not just adoption and foster care, you pointed that out, but um, any trauma that happens in that first two years of life, especially the first year of life. So if you're living in a situation where there's domestic violence or, you know, the parents get a nasty divorce, they're always yelling at each other. That's going to affect a baby um, more than you think. Even in utero. Oh yeah, absolutely. So so there's all kinds of traumas that can still happen. Um, medical issues. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even think of deployment, you know, mm-hmm. anything where you're separated from in that first yeah. year of life. So, um, so we, we opened it up to all traumas. Um, basically it's connected parenting and um, some information on the trauma brain. And then I have a whole class on all the different types of therapy you can try. I'm not a therapist, so I don't do therapy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, we just kind of educate on what's out there. And then I have a resources page and I do a monthly Zoom session um, with industry experts, like the people who are doing the healing work. Mm-hmm. We've had a neurofeedback provider. We've had a, um, you know, a, a rad therapist. We've had a, we've had a school advocate. Actually, we have another school advocate coming in to talk about therapeutic schooling, Um, we had one last year to talk about IEPs and 504s. I think I have that coming up in September again. So, um, you know, just all the things you have to navigate as a trauma parent. Um, and we just want to create this village. I have a private, um, support board. So you can talk about things that you would not want to talk about with your friends because they might judge you, you know, that's all in a private space. So I'm trying to create this village for parents and it's free. Um, we also have a store. <laughs> I have my little t-shirt on. Today. I love it. <laughs> but um, we have a store and we sell some um, some of our merch, but then we also have um, 
uh, like water bottles and coffee mugs and, you know, gifts and things like that. And they all feature the trauma heart, which is mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. um, my, graphic, my graphic designer um, came up with it to, to show healing, love, uh, trauma, and hope. So mm. I love it. <laughs> so, it's great. Um, yeah. So we're hoping that we can make that into like a national movement. So like yeah. wear pink for breast cancer, wear trauma hearts to support childhood trauma. And that pays for our nonprofit. So that's awesome. It doesn't fully pay for our nonprofit. Yeah, so right. we're, we're officially becoming a nonprofit in September. And Congrats. then we'll have, thank you. Then we'll have, um, we'll be able to get donations and do fundraisers and things yeah. like that. But I was really adamant that this be free because my husband and I had like professional jobs and, you know, I lost a lot of jobs and I was only able to work part-time, but even so, like my husband makes a good salary. We went a hundred thousand dollars in debt to help our kid. And, you know, I keep thinking like, what if my husband was a bus driver mm -hmm. and I, or I was a school teacher, you know, something mm -hmm. where we don't make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, how would we get through this? And I, I didn't know, but I thought at least I could offer this for free so they can at least get some tips and ideas, even if they can't afford the rest. So, so I thought just giving them a place to start would be helpful. Right. right. Yeah. Cause that's, that's kind of an interesting thing when you think about adoption. I mean, it's, it, it's sad how many kids need to be adopted, but the people that have the resources to adopt are often the ones that are, you know, have two jobs. And it's like, I don't have, I don't have the, you know, the, the time I have money resource, yeah. but I don't have the time or I have the house, but I don't have like, you know what I mean? And then the ones with good hearts and whatnot, like you guys, now you're getting, you know, thrown over the coals, raked over the coals. And now you're like, what did we get ourselves into? You know? So I, mm -hmm. I love that you've taken the victim, the victor, not the victim mentality, you know, where you're <laughs> like, okay, well, this was given to me because God has, you know, give me the opportunity now to have a bigger voice than I ever would have had to show you a side of you that never would have come out. Maybe, you know, you sound oh, yeah. like you're a go-getter before, but like you're doing something that has going to have a lasting legacy and a lasting purpose. And um, I love that. You know, I think it's uh, probably time that you have a chiropractor on your Zoom. I know a good one if you uh, need anyone. Um, yes. You talk but, about trauma. Oh my gosh. So my, my practice is unique. Um, I'm not a typical neck pain, back pain. You know, we see those people, of course, but my practice focuses on special populations. So we see ADD, ADHD, autism, brain injuries, genetic disorders, um, uh, all, all sorts of, of things that have to do with nervous system stress. Um, I have a, a diplomat in chiropractic pediatrics and pregnancy. And every time when I'm seeing a, a pregnant mom throughout her pregnancy, usually for sciatic pain or, you know, something like that, I let them know birth is probably one going to be one of the most emotional and physical stressful things, stressful events that you can do. I tell them, I myself, we've had, we have three kids. One was born in the hospital, one was born at home on land, and one was born at home in the water. And all three of them had a problem in their upper cervical spine. All three of them had to check and adjust, which tells me that no matter how your birth goes, for me, stressful being in the hospital, least stressful being at home in the water with, you know, peaceful, all the things happening. There was still events that happened outside of our control that could contribute to early life trauma. Granted, that's different than, um, mm -hmm. you know, a, 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 um, a you know, a, a, a emotional, tr you know, trigger or chemical trigger, or, you know, whatever it is, but there's still mechanical triggers mm -hmm. that will cause this fight or flight response that's ingrained from second one that if it doesn't get addressed 
can manifest into things that would never lead you back to there could be a problem in the spine, such as colic or rigidity or, you know, um, um, uh, emotional, you know, so all these things can be linked back to your spine was, was encroached on your spine was uh, had a stimulus that was too strong for it at birth, which is going to trigger this fight or flight response, which is only designed to be active when there's a real life stress, but the brain programs a filter to where now every stimulus that comes into you is put through. Is this going to kill me? Yes or no react. Yep. That's exactly what my kid went through. Right. Yeah. I need to have you on my show. <laughs> and so, so we, so we do an adjustment. The adjustment doesn't cure neck pain or back pain, let alone ADHD, autism, reactive disorder, OCD, you know, any one of these things, but it gives the body a chance to remove that stress filter. So now it sees the world as it is, mm-hmm. which then when you're not amygdala focused, impulse, reactive, fight or flight, your prefrontal cortex focus, which is rational executive judgment. Now you can start to understand, oh, what she is doing when she's hugging me is loving, not hurting. What right. she's doing when she's giving me a gift is not trying to buy my affection. It's truly out of love or, you know, any, any one of one of these sort of things. And it's amazing when we start to see these kids start to un- become unlocked, you know, like autism used to be called locked in syndrome for a reason because you're locked and stuck. And once we unlock this nervous system, now this kid or adult, you know, for that matter, is able to see the world as not aggressive, not trying to kill mm-hmm. me at every step, you know, along the way. And then that paves the way for these different therapies or detoxes or supplements or neurofeedback, you know, and the, the, the cornerstone being a healthy nervous system for healthy adaptability. And now all these things can help um, re- reframe, give them a new perspective on what love mm-hmm. is, what gifting well, is, what, you know, all that stuff. And that's exactly like my, my motto with Trauma Drama University is to try to you know, not, there is no one solution. So, um, so we have to hit it from different angles and sometimes, you know, there's all kinds of different brain calming techniques. I like the chiropractic there, neurofeedback, there's EFT tapping, there's some real easy things you can do. And then if you combine that with like exercise and nature and music and rhythm and, then you get therapy going on. Like we can really get Mm -hmm. this holistic healing going on. I think that's a, you know, right. you need to kind of try different things. And we tried everything. Yeah. So. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm super thankful that you've come on and kind of spread awareness to um, and, and, and not only spread awareness, but maybe confirmed for a lot of parents that are going to be listening. Like, it's not me. You know, it's, it's not it's not my my fault. And this is an opportunity for growth, not retraction. You know, this is an right. opportunity to invest in a kid in a way that nobody else might you know, because you care and you love. And, and ultimately at the end of the day, it was love that got you through maybe not the same application of love that you're, you know, you (laughs) first were focused on, but your love for that child got you to the resources that you needed. Your vision for that child's future pushed you through to find the things that, you know, you you all the tools and resources that you needed. And now this vision for the future of, of parents and, and parenting in general, especially coming out of a, a pandemic, especially coming out of really tumultuous political times, not just the United States, but but all, all over. Um, in a time where we have so much information, 
but have no idea what's right, what's wrong at time with so much confusion that there's a lot of potential for a lot of drama. And so if we're able to read the symptoms and understand what that symptom, you know, is is expressing the, the, the root cause of that, I think this is good to the start of, of healing, not only our nation, but, you know, progress and, and forward for, for humanity. Um, so where can people find out more about you? Um, okay, well, um, traumadramauniversity.com. Um, there's a link to our store there, TDU products. Um, my book's also out there. It's called Love Never Quits. That. Um, and it's uh, basically just our full story. If you want to hear all the gory details, um, it's it's not depressing. I promise it's very uplifting. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are some parts where you're like, oh my God. Some of yeah. my neighbors um, threw me a book signing when I first started. Yeah. And uh, I showed up to book club. I've been going for 10 years. I showed yeah. up to book club as an author and they're like, oh my God, we thought you were so normal. And I'm That's like, funny. I am normal. Right. <laughs> Right. I had a lot going on at right. home. <laughs> right, right. That's amazing. Um, and you're available for keynotes and, and that's sort of like what type absolutely, of events are you looking yes. for? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Great. Um, well, if you could speak to somebody and you know this is probably the last time that you're ever going to see them, what would you, not like they're going to die, but like they're going to fly off or, you know, whatever, what would you want to impart upon them? Oh, gosh, that's a really hard question. <laughs> you got to uh, end with the bang, right? I would say, um, be your authentic self wherever you go. I love Um, it. Because it it doesn't work when you try to be somebody else. (laughs) No. Yeah. I love it. That's huge. Well, thank you once again for coming on. I appreciate it. I'm excited for the parents that are going to get healing, that are going to get confirmation, that are going to get connected and become a part of your village. Um, And we're one step closer to, to building a better world for our kids, you know, than we have the opportunity to live. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Perspective Podcast. To connect with Dr. Bowman, follow him on Instagram at Dr. Chris Bowman. Until next time, make shift happen.